Hello and welcome to a new Axio Origin podcast. The next 15-20 minutes or so will be very interesting because today we're going to be sharing with you an approach which is completely fundamental to the way in which we face near enough every single analytical problem. It's called the value pyramid and we cannot stress enough just how helpful this approach is in ensuring that the analytical work that you're doing is always relevant, always meaningful and always answering the right question. Now we've been using this method for years, but we're actually in the process of revisiting it now and revising it based on our experiences. And that's what we're here to discuss today. So I am joined by my colleagues, Shoy, Pamela, and Hader, and we're going to get straight into it. So I'm going to hand over to Shoy, who's going to answer the question of what is the value pyramid and why is it so special exactly? Okay, the value pyramid is an extremely simple way of breaking down any analytical discussion in a way that defines the scope of the work you actually need to do. It's uh, Arguably, it's not special at all, except it works every time. So it's really special because it works. And there are so many discussions that are so hypey and so uncertain about analytics. But the value pyramid is a simple way to structure any discussion that involves data. So if you're a CIO thinking about what I do with my data lake, you can use it. If you're a really senior um, operational leader who doesn't give a stuff about a data lake, then you can use it to define the problem you're trying to answer. And I just find it so humbling that something so simple that you can draw so quickly that you can draw on the back of a napkin can have such a powerful impact in every analytical project we've ever done. I'm so proud that we use it. But it's time to change it, I think, Marius. But uh, let me hand it back. Cool. So um, you mentioned some quite specific examples, Shoy. Thank you for doing so. Um, I'm just wondering if we can get your thoughts, Hader, on what might be some real-life use cases, just to make this real and clear to anybody listening. How might an analytical problem or any real-life problem work against this structure of this value pyramid because it can seem a little bit fantastical until you get to something which is relatable yeah definitely definitely uh, i mean to agree with shoy um coming from a strategy background we always say the one principle the one core element of strategy is something that's very simple and it's essentially that you always need to start with the end in mind you need to think about your outcome first what are you trying to achieve um, but all too often, we find that people uh, across organizations in their daily lives, in their work, uh, are inclined towards starting with an activity, an action. You know, you're under pressure, something's going on, you think, what do I do? You don't think about where do I want to get to? And just that subtle difference, that discipline of taking the time to reflect and think about where you want to get to first allows you to then guide your actions in a, in a much more effective way. Um, so, you know, as Shoy mentioned, we've used this in, in all our projects that involve uh, using data to achieve some sort of outcome. And I'll give you a brief overview of the levels and then maybe an example of how we use them. So the top level of the pyramid is no surprise. It's the outcome. And we always say start at the top. Start with the outcome. What is it that you're trying to achieve? And then the next question is, right, if you want to achieve this outcome that you've identified, it could be Increasing your profits as a simple example, but it could really be anything in your life or in your work or in a project that you want to achieve. If you want to achieve that outcome, 
what are the actions you need to take in order to achieve that outcome? And then we say, right, if you, if, you, if you want to think about what actions you need to take, you need some insights to be able to guide those actions to achieve that outcome. And that's when we start going into the lower levels, which start exploring uh, the data side of things. So a lot of, lot of people come to us and they'll say, oh, I want to do some data. And we say, no, you don't want to do data. You don't want to do social analytics. You want to start with the outcome. Let's discuss that. The data part will come much later. We, we can do that. It's technical expertise. It's not, it's not a big problem. It's, it's, the, it's almost the uh, easier stuff to get right. You just need to be an expert in that particular uh, technical discipline. So um, I think a good example might be within the kind of peace and stability and uh, counter-violent space, which is uh, an area that we've worked with, with different governments and in different countries, uh, exploring different problems. And we might typically get a question like, there's been some violence in our country, and we want to understand what are the divisions that are now occurring as a result of this violence, these incidents. And so it seems like a perfectly valid question, and it seems to make sense. But if you think about it, what are the divisions that are resulting from this violence? That's not an outcome. That's also not an action. But it is an insight. That's, that's what they're after. They're after an insight. What, what are the divisions that are occurring? Can you use social media to help? Can you do some analytics for us? So we'll say, great, valid question. But you know, where do you start with a question like that? We could find the most influential people who are talking uh, and fanning the flames of division. Or we can see how topics have trended over time. Or we could just find some qualitative examples of discussions going on online. But none of those you know, uh, necessarily give you any clarity. So it's a wide open field. So we'll say, first of all, what's the outcome that you're trying to achieve? And they might say something very reasonable like, we want to uh, minimize those divisions. We want to reduce further violence, we, we want harmony. That's, that's our outcome, that's our overall aim. And we'll say, okay, great, you want, you want to achieve harmony. What are the tools at your disposal? What are the actions that you're actually going to take? And then they'll say something like, well, we have a strategic communications uh, capability. We want to output the right type of messages in order to achieve more harmony. And they'll say, okay, that's given us a lot more clarity. Now we'll come back to your question, which is an insight question. What are the divisions that are occurring um, as a result of this violence? Why? So that we can take the actions to put out some strategic communications to counter those narratives so that we might achieve an overall outcome of harmony. Uh, and then, you know, once we've, we've clarified those first three levels of the pyramid, we'd say, right, now let's go uh, back to the data, start exploring the social analytics to answer your question to, to facilitate that action. And if you think about it, you know, I gave examples of if someone asks us that question, it's a wide open field. We, we, could, we might do anything and it may or may not be useful. But once we know exactly what the outcome is and what the actions they're going to take are, we might come up with something that's uh, much more powerful, much more impactful. We might say, right, we are going to look at the 100 topics uh, of division post this violent incident. And we're going to rank them in terms of how much impact and how much buzz there is around them, how much conversation there is around them. And we're going to give you the top 10 so that you can formulate a, a strategic messaging um, strategy that addresses those top 10 issues. Uh, so I don't know if that's clear, if that's given you an insight, Marius, into how we apply the value pyramid. Most definitely, Hayley. I think that, you know, this is, this is 
going to resonate with a lot of people who have key questions that they want to be answered, but might not have a very clear understanding of what the overall outcome is. I think it, I think it really yeah. helps your example. Um, an open question, really, to any of us. Why do we think this way of thinking needs revisiting? Why, why are we updating this and revising this through our experience of work over the past few years? You know, I can answer that one because it, it links nicely to actually the point that Shoy made at the start of this um, around the insight I had to lead me to think there's possibly another level required. Um, so the value pyramid is, is so interesting. It has such broad... Um, scope in terms of its use and I was first introduced to it when actually I was a client at the time and Shoy was working with me in the water sector and um, I didn't fully realize um, the value of the um, of this this tool at the time I really welcomed the structure um, that it gave the work we were doing together um, but I didn't really understand the value of it until I really saw some of the results of the work we were doing. And um, and what it showed me was the, you know, the real importance of, of leadership um, in terms of, you know, what, what you do with the results that you get from using this as a tool to explore your challenges, your opportunities um, within a particular business. And some really interesting things I learned was even where you've got a really strong evidence base that's giving you insights to drive the right actions that will directly impact on the outcome um, that you're trying to achieve, it really still takes uh, leadership and openness to listen to that and to take that on board. Um, and similarly, where you, you just need to use your gut and your intuition um, to to, to drive different uh, ways of looking at things. That also needs a certain type of leadership because sometimes you've just got to make decisions um, with not all the evidence you'd love to have. Um, and this, this thinking has led us to really splitting the value pyramid and really recognizing that leaders across businesses and cross sectors are faced with a multitude of challenges. Sometimes there's data, um, in terms of evidence and insight to help you drive those outcomes. And sometimes you need to look at other means. Marius, I've been in the habit of saying over the years as a punchline that um, when people are making gut-based decisions, then they're using the organ designed to manage your to make the most important decisions in your business. And because of my medical background, brackets that I ever mentioned I was a doctor close brackets right the um it's a bit of a punchline right it's a, it's a line in a workshop and it kind of sometimes cuts the uh atmosphere a little bit and kind of calms situations down and we can joke about it but it's wrong I've been saying that and it's not that that's not a fair statement because we've used the value pyramid so many times with so many projects but the business world is not using it every day all the time and that's because it's simply a tool. And you asked me earlier, you know, what makes it so special? The legitimate answer is, well, nothing. Nothing makes the value pyramid special. It's the leaders that do something with it that really bring it to life. That, that's how you get a special outcome from it. It's just a, 
it's just a triangle. As Hader once helpfully pointed out to me, it's not actually even a pyramid. It's a triangle. Um, Hader then gave me a bit of a lecture on pyramids, and clearly it's not a pyramid. It's a six-level triangle. But intuition-based decision-making is valid. I think the analytics community spend a lot of time using scientific method to somewhat minimize the impact of that intuition. But then you'll see a leader who's fantastic and she or he will be really intuitive. Mm. It doesn't mean they're not making good decisions just because they don't have a, a you know, sort of buzzword bingo style data science approach or something. We need a way to blend that together. And, and that's what um, the split value pyramid um, is all about. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly, sure. I, I mean, I think the value pyramid as it was, um, it, it wasn't wrong. Uh, but the updated pyramid just adds uh, even more value, uh, if that's possible, to the value pyramid. So, I mean, we said... The value squared pyramid. The value squared pyramid, exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that does sound better than a split pyramid, maybe. <laughs> but if we, uh, if we go back to the logic, you know, we said you need the insight, so you take the right action to achieve your outcome. Now, outcomes at the top, then the, the next layer up is, um, is action, the next one's insight, and we're saying at insight and below that's where we might split it. We might split it into the data. So you use an evidence-based, uh, data-driven approach to produce your insight. But we're saying, actually, we know, we recognize there is a role for gut-based intuition. Uh, and it, I mean, of course there is. Um, but it's really about thinking through how can you use uh, your intuition uh, in a way that gives you maximum value? Because there are times where people use their intuition and we tell them, listen, this is not a situation where you should be using intuition. The data is there, exactly. produce yeah. the insight to back up with evidence, the, the right the right decision. Don't just rely on your intuition. But there are times where it's not appropriate to use data. There are times where you don't have time to use data and you need to make a decision very quickly and you have to resort to intuition. There are times where the data is not available. Um, it just doesn't exist to be able to form a data-driven uh, approach and there are times where it's it's just simply not appropriate. You know, if, if you're in the middle of a chess match and you're being very strategic and you need to make some decisions, you're going to base that on your experience, on your intuition. You're going to be creating hypotheses on the fly and testing them and, and trying to uh, win in that chess match. It's it's not a time to be going to data halfway through a chess match and. You know, I use that analogy, but there are a lot of real life uh, analogies that, that examples that correlate to that. Um, quite often, when you're in a meeting where there are high stakes, you've got interpersonal interactions going on, and you don't have, it's not appropriate to go to a computer and do six hours of research before responding. Um, but then, is there a way to think about intuition more deliberately yeah. and understand? the situations where you should only be using data or where you should only be using intuition or where you should be using actually a blend of, of both of them. And that's really what the, the split pyramid or the you know value pyramid squared is all about. It's understanding those levels below insight um, and where you should be relying on intuition and where you should be relying on data. This is what I really like about the build that we've made with the value pyramid because not only are we saying it's okay to step, take a step back and decide whether you want to go down a kind of data and evidence route as opposed to kind of um, intuition and um, an experience, 
we're actually saying to leaders, actually, you should make that conscious choice. You should make that conscious choice. Yeah. And that was the yeah. situation we wanted. Yeah. I think yeah. that the analytics community has emphasized using data, accessing data to come up with analyses that might answer a question. And in the most extreme way, you could take the hackathon about leakage performance in the water company. There's masses of data and you get people together and the culture of that hackathon is more pizza and novelty prizes than it is um, preparing the board report. And then a, a carrot is dangled at the end, which might be, if you win, you might get on the procurement framework, you might get a piece of work. Uh, I would say that just because it's using data does not mean that's a very professional way to solve that problem. It could be much more professional for a really experienced leakage professional in water to, to actually think, well, my intuition is telling me that it's a problem related to X. So I'm now going to estimate what the scope of that problem might be. And I'm going to validate that by speaking to other people I trust and people I don't usually agree with, just to keep shaping my thing. I'm going to keep testing my thinking. But I'm going to do that subtly. I'm not going to make a big deal about it because that's the sort of leader I am. This is my observation over the years. But the way data science has become its own language and the way that people start to get really caught up in detail about whether or not something is using one technique or another means that we seem to have lost sight of how valuable it is for experienced leaders to go through that intuition, estimation, and validation. In exactly the same way, a scientist with data would... Um, would take data and use tool or technique and create some analytical output. And I just, we tested this a few times now, and a dear friend of Axia Origin, um, who we think of as genuinely a global thought leader for cultural and values data, uh, this clicked so well in that discussion. We really felt that there is a leader type who is really going to get this immediately. So we've had a really good and rich introductory discussion into the value pyramid, into what exactly it is, what it means, what it represents, and specifically how we're revising it now to take into account intuition-based decision-making, which we feel is very much a valid way of approaching analytical problems and need to be accounted for in this methodology. No doubt we will continue this conversation and this discussion. I would just like to end this with a challenge to anybody who, in listening to this, thinks it sounds a bit too fantastical, a bit too unrealistic for them, and those individuals who might believe that the best way to approach an analytical problem is simply to get your hands dirty and to just dive straight into the data. For anybody who that might resonate with, that way of thinking, we'd honestly challenge you to just share with us any analytical problem which you feel does not align well to this methodology and we will structure it for you. We will structure it and we will get back to you why we think the value pyramid works well against that analytical problem. I'd like to say thank you to those listening. Once again, look out for the new content that we're releasing. Look out for the thought leadership that we're going to be accompanying alongside this podcast and keep safe and be well. <laughs>